Hey, what's up? This is Dwayne Shoots Toys, and you're listening to Toy Photocast. We are storytellers. Matt Haywood was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but currently lives in Columbus, Ohio. His hobbies include collecting, photography, gaming, and getting crazy as a sports fan. He also loves working out. His favorite movie is Return of the Jedi. His favorite book is The Lord of the Ring Trilogy. In real life, he also plays as a computer science professor. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Matt Haywood of the Star Wars Time Show. I hope you enjoy it and have a great day. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Another episode of Toy Photocast with the one, the only Matt Haywood at Haywood Pop. What is up, dude? How are you doing? Hey now, everybody. And I just want to thank uh, Dakota, Dagobah Customs, Dagobah Days for inviting me on to this prestigious cast for uh, toy photographers out there. I don't know if I quite qualify to be on the Toy Photocast, uh, but I do appreciate the offer and I'm, I'm Super pumped to be here talking toys and photography. Oh man, the honor is all mine, dude. I, I feel like you're such a like vital, integral part of the community. <laughs> so, like you know, it's it's one of those things. that's like I had to have you on the show, so you were on my list, and I appreciate it, man. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm up there with some huge names that have that have done the toy photo cast before me. So I am uh, I'm I'm humbled. Like I said, I don't I. I I kind of crap on myself as a toy photographer. Uh, IG has you shouldn't, man. It, it's ruined some of my self confidence just with the way the algo works, and you know stuff gets hidden, and you're like, "Hey, I got five thousand people that follow me, but only two hundred people have seen the shot because of IG." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just you know it works the head over now and then, but fuck it, right? It's it's right. it's for fun. It is for fun, man, and that is something that I've had to get over myself is learning to navigate like social media from a way not to <laughs> like build your self-confidence, but just I know, to I know. do it for fun and to remember that it's just, it's a fun hobby, but yeah, for sure. Let's kick it off, man. And how long have you been doing toy photography for? It seems I kind of jumped on the bandwagon when everyone else did. Uh, we're talking late 2015, early 2016, I think when I first started posting. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of people, I know I, I've talked and you've talked to work more or less, and it seems like a lot of us, it's like that, that 2016, 2015 year, I don't know if there's something in the air or the water. Force Awakens, man. Force Awakens. There you go. There you go. It, it, it awoke all of us in, uh, <laughs> at least to, to try to be a little more creative than I guess what we used to do. So yeah, it's been what? Hell, I can't, math is tough for me these days. What? Over four years, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been consistently posting for four years or you just started out like with your account four years ago? Oh, um, well, that's, I'm glad you asked. Cause Haywood pop, I actually, you know, I had a personal account before the toy photography craze, if you will. Gotcha. And as I started to share more pictures of my collection, I mean, this was back when I was super, super, super engaged with the Funko pop line. Mm. I mean, I'm talking... 2010 all the way up to like 2018 i collected those things religiously and that's that's kind of what got me into taking pictures of toys um but it's just it kind of progressed from there and i'm like okay well 
I want this to be a toy only account, so I'm just going to change my name. So I, I probably had Haywood Pop the account for ever since IG launched. Wow. Uh, but it wasn't until 2016 that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate this to toy. toy. Yep. Yeah. So you named it Haywood Pop because of your love for pop figures, right? Yeah. Uh, there's these days I'm like, should I change it? But I'm just going to go with, hey, you know, pop is a universal word. Pop culture. There you go. Right. It still yeah. works. So I like it. I didn't really associate you with like pop figures or anything like I. I that's exactly what I thought. It was like pop culture. Hey, look at that. Look at that. That's awesome. But no, it, it really was, man. I'm. And these days, if you look at my feed, you're probably like, this guy's full of crap. He doesn't like Funko Pops. But that was <laughs> my life. I mean, that that's what got me into the hobby. I mean, I've always been a collector. That that didn't start that. But taking pictures of the toys didn't start until Funko Pops. So, gotcha. uh, but they just, I don't know, man. It's You know how lines are. Sometimes they get oversaturated. They don't feel as special, don't feel as exclusive. And as Funko took off with that line, to me, they just got greedy with the license. They're like, okay, mm. this show's a Funko Pop. This movie's a Funko Pop. This serial's a Funko Pop. And it's just like... I don't know. It kind of wore the luster off the line for me. And that's when I started to move into, you know, your, your area and, and the stuff that I love to do now, which is the action figures. Nice. So wh when was that transition for you? Do you remember? I think, you know, we I started this 2016 and you start finding all the hashtags and the toy pop sessions. And you're like, holy crap, this is, there's like a movement going on. And then you start seeing other people and it starts to motivate you to maybe try different things. So I think I probably transitioned or started trying to do action figures. I'm still to this day trying to shoot action figures uh, correctly, but it's probably 2017 about a year after I really started trying to do this stuff with the pops. Okay. Nice. And do you feel like you're, you're enjoying it more like moving outside, doing different properties and stuff like that? Uh, well, here's the deal. I'm a weirdo. All right. And, and I, I, this happens with every hobby in my life. Uh, I usually end up obsessing over it to the point where it, it's no longer a hobby. It's more like a jobby, you know, where you, you kind of feel like you have to do some stuff. Yeah. So it's a, earlier on, I actually felt more free and like, you know, Funko Pops, right? There's not much you can do with them outside of sit them in front of a background. They don't pose, their heads turn, that's about it. Yeah. So it's it like, no, thank you. Just go out, throw it down the ground, you know, drop the aperture down so you can get a nice uh, blurry background and here we go. But now with the action figures, as, as you know, and the, the rest of you that shoot figures, it, it's it's not quite the same process. Uh, yeah. If you really want a, a unique looking action figure shot, you got to get the posing right. Sometimes you got to get more detailed backgrounds. You got to use wires, uh, practical effects, uh, VFX during posts. So I, I still enjoy it, but I guess I, I just get way too much in my head these days. Really? Yeah. So, because I feel like you are so consistent, I feel like that's so not what you're putting out on social media. Well, I, I trick people, and here's the deal: you if, if you if you actually look, I recently I've slowed on posting. I mean, I used to I used to try to hit a morning post and then a toy pop session, uh, just because my accounts broke. I mean, toy pops, I knew I'd at least get some exposure, and I was finding at least Eastern time if I shared before nine a.m., I would right. get some good organic love. 
but that's because over the years I was so bad at processing finished setups and shots mm-hmm. that I had a backlog of probably 400 shots or so. Oh, wow. That I just maybe a month or two ago finally got all cut up, edited, and put out. So right now in my folder, I think I have one shot to share and probably six that need editing, and that's it. So maybe that's going to get my ass back out there and motivate to take some more <laughs> shots. But Probably. Uh, it's just like I said, I, I, it, 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 it's a me problem. But I, I've turned both collecting figures now and toy photography into... Uh Uh-oh, if you buy a figure, you got to take a picture. And that just, you know, kind of soils the experience a bit. Hmm. That's interesting because I feel like I, over the years, have transitioned from a collector to a photographer. And I, like, I love action figures, but I don't buy them to, like, hoard them. I buy them to shoot them. And so... I know that feeling, man. Like I, it's, it's weird. Cause I didn't used to think that way. And I used to be so concerned about the, the quality and making sure they stay pristine. And that like, I've kind of adopted the Johnny Wu mentality, like just get them dirty, get them messed up. And oh, get, oh, totally. Get, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I am, I am not, I didn't become an out of box guy until maybe 2016. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I was even saving boxes. I mean, so many boxes, I probably have 30, uh, large Tupperware containers in my attic, oh. just full of empty boxes. Wow! Uh, but but I've kind of broke myself of that just because of of space. And it's like, in the end, are these Black Series figures really going to be worth gold? Probably not. No. So I don't need these junk. I mean, they're they're okay looking boxes. They're not that exciting. It's like, uh, see ya. They go out in the trash now. But yeah, I, I hear you. It's just like I said. It's it's a me problem. It's the way my brain operates with anything I do. It's just I. I now feel, hey, if I if this new hot toys, if I'm going to get it, if I'm going to justify this life size baby Yoda, I got to take some pictures of it. You know, it's it's one of those deals. It's like I can justify these big these big spends now if I take a photo for people mm-hmm. to look at on Instagram. Yeah. So I'm curious, man. How do you approach it now? Like, are you approaching toy photography for the engagement, for the the building of the social, like for kind of like? helping your brand grow? Are you just interested in it for the love? Like where are you at right now with it? Like with toy photography? I'd say right now it's, it's a, it's just to be a part of the community. Uh, I mean, we've all talked about it. It's been, it's been said here before, but this, the, the toy photography community community on Instagram, in my opinion, it is one of the greatest online communities of all time in terms of, you don't really have a bunch of trolls. There's not assholes. Everyone is pretty collaborative. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a great place to be. So it's more, I feel like if I'm not out shooting, I'm not going to be on Instagram, looking at other people's shots, commenting, and then replying to, you know, their nice feedback on my shots, so on and so forth. And then obviously all the star Wars time show stuff, uh, you know, that, that plays a part too. Let's talk about that because I feel like that is a big part of your life doing the Star Wars Time show and running that account and running that podcast. So with Star Wars Time, did you start that around the time that you started your original account? Like when did that begin? Well, here's a here's a fun little story. I'll try to keep it quick. But uh, Nick, who's my my co-host at that Nixie, he and I have actually been doing a Star Wars podcast probably since 2015 TFA. Oh, wow. Uh, that was kind of the genesis of it. I, I used to run a website called entertainmentbuddha.com. I just shut it down 
this March had a 10 year run, but it, it was kind of an entertainment news site for geeks, heavy focus on gaming. Uh, got me all sorts of great opportunities with the gaming media, this, that, and the other thing. But that that's we had a podcast network over there. So we do like a gaming show, a Game of Thrones show, and then Nick and I started the Star Wars Time show. Gotcha. So it wasn't until 2018 when I, I was kind of coming to grips with the fact that EB was dying out just traffic-wise. And I needed the I need a, a WordPress install to run the podcast because I use the, the Blurberry platform for podcasting. So I was like, you know what, Nick? I, I, I like what we do. I think we know a decent amount of stuff about Star Wars. I think we're somewhat interesting. Now, you know, I could be a narcissist and just be full of myself. I was like, we do an all right job, but the way our show is branded as, you know, an EB podcast network show, it, it doesn't really stand out as a Star Wars specific podcast. So 2018, right towards the end there, that's when we flipped the switch, bought the domain name, launched its own website. And there we go. The Star Wars Time Show proper was born. And, um, you know, I'm no fool. I, I knew the audience we could potentially gain on Instagram in the toy photography community and just Star Wars fan art in general. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd say a month or so after we, we rebranded as just the Star Wars Time Show, StarWarsTime.net. That's when I was like, you know what, let's let's start trying this hashtag stuff that other accounts do and and try to get our own little community going. And here we go. A little bit of a year, you know, a year later, we're almost to 5000 followers a podcast. I never know numbers. It's so hard to tell with all the different platforms. But we're, we're doing I think this month will be right around 400 listens per episode. So that's awesome, man. That yeah, it's great. been it's been really fun. But it, honestly, it's. Tying in the IG community, the in particular the toy photographers, mm -hmm. that has just made Star Wars time so much more well-rounded and, like I said, provided its own little uh, community. Yeah, for sure. I think that is something that I really aspire to when I saw you guys starting out and kind of wanted to incorporate with my own podcast and, and took some of your elements. And I didn't want to steal any of your formatting, but... I really appreciate the the guy the stuff that you guys do, and I think the first time that I was introduced was when you guys featured. Uh, you talked about my uh, diorama I did a while back, and I was so cheesed about the fact that you guys are even talking about it. I was like, "This is so cool!" I showed my wife, and she's like, "Oh my god, you're famous!" <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I, I I mean, again, that was a conscious decision on yeah. my part. Going, you know. This guy does some amazing stuff. He's got a name in the community. He just, I mean, you essentially launched customs with the smugglers retreat, right? It's right around the same time. No. So that, that is a, a, a totally different, like long story, but essentially I had been doing dioramas for about a year before I started that. Okay. So yeah, I've been selling dioramas for about a year and then I got hooked up with figure works and then we started that project. Yeah, so it was it was like you you're doing a big push on the retreat, and I was just I mean I, bl I was blown away by it. I, I bought the the big one; it's sitting right here next to me. Uh, but it, it is I think you were one of the first uh, toy photography community people. I was like, you know what? Let's let's talk about this guy and, and tag him. Maybe he'll listen. Maybe he'll share it around. And and that's kind of it's worked well for us. Um, we're not just an account that features other people's art on Instagram, like, like some other accounts do, which is fine. I mean, I, I love feature accounts. I mean, star Wars black series is we all tag that guy. Right. I mean, Matt's probably got one of the biggest black series 
fan feature art account on IG. I mean, he's what, 120,000. It's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to do that to engage the community, but I also want to be like, hey, we put out our own content too. We do a show. Uh, I do YouTube videos for Clone Wars, for Resistance, for TV shows. So uh, while our feed is a lot of all of you, you all guys and girls with your, your fan art, uh, it, it also is a, st- a dedicated Star Wars fan site. Yeah. For sure. I, I love it, man. I think that you are doing a service and I feel like it's only going to get bigger as you as you continue. And I hope that you have uh, plans to continue it, man, because people really love that show. So, yeah, I, we're, we're not going anywhere. I, we just dropped, I think, 108. We're, we're trying some new things. We did a new version of the video so you can see our little fat faces now with the uh, version of my desktop in the screen. So you can see what we're talking about when we're talking about people's shots during the top five segment. Uh, and we may start trying to do some live streams, which hopefully will engage the community even more. Because in the end, like I always say on the show, uh, I know Nick. Nick's just doing it because he likes to talk about Star Wars. I'm doing it because I have this this uh, uh, like a like a pit in my soul where I, I need to feel like people respect me as a Star Wars fan slash expert content creator. That's so it, funny. It's odd. Like I said, I have a lot, a lot of my problems are, are self-inflicted, but did you, I just, did, I'm curious, did you, did you like something happen when you were younger that like made you want to like, just prove your, your worth as a Star Wars fan? Like what happened? That I, made I, you I, don't, I, Dakota, I don't know if it's Star Wars. I just want people to be like, Hey, he's doing something neat. It, it's something like that. Like I just want to be, and this sounds so awful and self-centered and narcissistic, but you know, I, I put a lot of work into these little ventures I do. And sometimes I'll, I'll see stuff on Reddit from some schmo on Twitter. And they're like, wow, he's just dropped this crazy rumor. And I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, where is he getting the information from? And why does no one care about the information I put out? So uh, it, it's there's a little bit of that in there. But I, I stand behind our, our content. And yeah, we're not going anywhere. Like I said, we're we're uh, adding to the video aspect of the podcast because we do a video version and an audio only for the platforms yeah. and hopefully some live stream stuff to get a little more fan interaction. Nice. So what is your background with like podcasting and hosting and like doing all these platforms? What do you do professionally to kind of give you these skills? Okay. So the job that pays the bills, I am a computer science professor at a community college in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Uh, so, uh, I mean, my degree is, it's a business degree from Ohio state, but I specialize in information science, uh, worked seven years in the it sector for, uh, Kroger manufacturing. They're a huge grocer in the country out West Ralph, stuff like that. Uh, so I've always been into tech, uh, but 2010, gotcha. that's when I resigned from my corporate position cause I hated life. And I was like, you know what? I want to try something new. And that's when I launched entertainmentboo.com. So that's kind of how I started to get into building websites with WordPress and then ultimately launching a podcast. Were you able to monetize it at all? Like, was it something that was paying the bills at all? Like, in, on the Entertainment side? Buddha itself at one point in time, I wouldn't say it was ever paying the bills. It was paying for its own hosting fees, which was over $1,000 because I had it on like a pimp virtual private server, this, that, and the other thing. Nice. And then I'd probably make another five to 6,000 in ad revenue. And then probably another 5,000 in uh, review items, if you will, like 4k TVs, stereos, this, that, and the other thing. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it was never going to make me rich, but the site was getting enough monthly views that I was getting access to pretty cool stuff. You know, when the Xbox One came out, Microsoft sent it to me three weeks early. What? The whole Xbox One X and about 50 games. So, I mean, that's what I mean. It. I, I never got rich on that venture, and who knows, I'll probably never get rich on Star Wars Time Show, but like I said, that's never really why I've gotten into any of these. It's just, I, I have a an unending desire to, I guess, create content, if yeah. that makes sense. Because It does. <laughs> when I put EB to bed, I think personally I had created 16,000 articles of various length, scope, whatever. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, I got 2,000 videos on the EB YouTube channel. I think we've got like 150 on the Star Wars Time channel now. So uh, I sleep about four hours a day. Seriously. Wow. That is crazy, man. I feel like such a, to what you're doing, I feel so, uh, yeah, I don't feel as good about myself now. But, well, I mean, hey, it's, it's, you it's at sure. least at least you interview people like you say you do. We, we've we been saying we're going to do interviews on a monthly basis. And the last one we did, I think, was Jason in January, and it's now almost May. Uh, hey, so I there. wish we could commit to that. Oh, no, you're, d- don't worry. You're, you're, you're on the list. I, I, I have the list. I just need to execute it. Okay. Tell me when and where. I'll do it with you, man. No that problem. is so cool. I feel like like now that I know that about you, I kind of understand like a peek behind the curtain of like why you you are the way you are. And it, I respect you so much more now. So that's really cool. I feel like that's something that a lot of people maybe don't know. Maybe you don't get to touch on that in your own podcast. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, we I mean, we don't get too personal these days outside of our feelings or if we get butt hurt about something in, in Star Wars land. Uh, that's why this is, like I said, this is kind of refreshing because yeah. while I do a ton of talking on my show, I mean, I, sometimes I feel bad for poor Nick because I, I step on him a lot, but yeah, uh, it, it's nice to, you know, just kind of talk about life, talk about what the hell Haywood Pop is up to. So Nice. Well, let's talk about some of your moments that you've had as a toy photographer, specifically doing your, your account that you, I love to call them the pinch me moments. Let's, let's talk about some stuff that you've gotten to do, or maybe just some moments that connected you with someone that you never expected. Anything you want to give a shout out to? I, two that come to mind right away. First one, Mark Hamill liking one of my shots of a, a Luke action figure. No. Okay. Which shot was it? Oh boy. It's, um, I had an old boy cuts custom of old man, Luke TLJ. And I, I jammed it on a, a TFA Kylo body. So it was like a mashup figure. Okay. Uh, and I just, it was something like I, I put like alt Luke or angry Luke, or I called him Jake Skywalker. Cause you know, Mark's made that joke himself. <laughs> And he just came, he came through it and liked it. And I, I made a comment about him liking it and he liked that too. So, I mean, that, that was huge. Uh, Ryan Johnson also liked a, a Funko pop shot I had of Poe Dameron Whoa. Uh, from cool. TLJ. Like he was one of those Funko pops sitting in, I think they call them the Funko rides where he was in his black X wing and, and probably the biggest one, honestly. And I don't know, maybe I've, I've pissed off Hasbro since, but, uh, was it last year? Yeah, uh, last Star Wars celebration and last SDCC, I was uh, I got featured in the Hasbro booth on the show floor. Oh, nice! Uh, it, I think uh, there were some other people in there, like Black Series work more or less. Uh, you know the the, the big names, yeah. uh, but somehow I got I got lumped in there, so that was pretty neat. 
That is cool, man. I did not even know that. So what do you feel like is, is going to go down for you? Like in the hall of fame, was it the Mark Hamill? Like that, <laughs> I know it's like trivial to him, but like to us, it, it means no, everything. yeah, hundred percent. Because as a lifelong, I mean, I'm going to be forty this July, and I've I've loved the franchise for as long as my brain will allow me to go back and remember. So to uh, just visualize that at some point in time, Luke Skywalker was sitting in his house, maybe on a toilet, scrolling <laughs> through IG, all his tags and mentions. I mean, just think about how many. How many times that guy probably gets tagged or mentioned in a day? I can't imagine. And the fact that it just happened to be the right time at the right place on the pot, he scrolled through, saw mine, liked it. And as you said, it was nothing to him, just just a, a tap of the thumb. But to a, a Star Wars fan, someone like me that has started a Star Wars site and a podcast, he likes it so much. Uh, it was it was huge. It was touching. It was like, wow. The, it, it, you almost feel like you've connected with that person, even though <laughs> I know I yeah. didn't. Yeah, man, it's so surreal, too, because I've I've talked to a couple of people that have had him like stuff. And I've I don't think I don't know, because I, I don't know if anyone has done that on mine. But like, I feel like it would be one of those like religious moments for me. <laughs> like, yeah, like no, that's that's a that's a good way to explain how it feels. It's very yeah. like Zen, like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean. I can sympathize because growing up as a Star Wars fan and, and loving Luke Skywalker, like I think all of us, the kid in us wants Luke to be just to, to like us and to, yeah. it, you know, metaphorically speaking. And it, exactly. It, it, it's something that I think social media giving us these, this ability to contact them and to like make them feel more real. It, it's amazing. I think that's why a lot of us still do it is to be able to connect with our heroes and, and be able to, just inspire them. Cause I know, cause sometimes those guys, they, they, they probably seem like they're invincible, but like they, they're just people like us and they go through. Yes. Yes. Thank you. A lot of people forget that, especially in this country, that celebrities are just normal humans, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill is no different than, than myself or Dakota. He just happened to play an iconic role. Yeah, he puts his pants on one foot at a time yes. like we all do. Yes, know? but it's still pretty damn exciting to know that he, <laughs> he double tapped on on some uh, little toy figure of one of his characters that I put up. It's so cool, man. Like, ah, oh, man, it's crazy. Yeah, so I, I think that'd probably be it. But I mean, let's be real. Having the actual manufacturer of a product we collect and shoot asked to use some of your work or actually give you a challenge to get featured that was I, I that was more of like okay maybe i don't suck as bad as i think type of deal man you're it's crazy to me that you're so self-deprecating because like you just don't seem like that way on social media it's crazy because like you kill your shots and you do so you do so well in my opinion i i don't understand. it's a i mean part of it's a a defense mechanism that's just how i i roll you know to to potentially cut someone at the knees before they can knock me out you know one of those deals i don't know if it's because i'm a, i'm a short gentleman i'm only 56 i've been the same height since i was like 8 years old so I, I you know i've always had to you know meet new people i just come in immediately and start cracking a short joke this that and the other thing to take that away right huh. Because it's like, trust me, like I said, I'm 40. I hear it all the time. I could care less. I I don't have a problem being 5'6". It's not a big deal. But a lot of other people tend to to like to point that out even now. It's like, oh, you're short. It's like, well, no shit. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Oh, good for you. So the the deprecation with the photography, it is 
it's gotten worse and and a lot of it is because of the algorithm and there are times dakota where i am proud of a shot i would never say it in public i mean i'm kind of out myself right now yeah i'm proud i put it out i'm like okay this one's this is this one's gonna do well they're gonna (laughs) like this one yeah and then you close the app, you come back an hour later, and it's gone nowhere. It has like 50 likes. You you look at your insights. It's only been shown to, you know, maybe 1% of your user base. So I've started to take that as like, well, I'll go. I mean, IG thinks I fucking blow. The fans think I fucking blow. They're not organically interacting right away. So it must have been a shitty shot. And so I blow. So you um, like get this chip on your shoulder and you're like just... Uh, you, yeah. you want to like up it up the next time and do a better shot. Is it, so it doesn't discourage you. It actually makes you, it like puts a fire in you to do better the next time. Yeah, it, that- it, it, I would say if anything, it just pisses me off. It, it's like, what the fuck, what, what did I do to you IG for you to put me in jail every once in a while? Yeah, it, it is a jail because I don't know what the hell happened at the end of 2019 and almost through February, 2020. It was like the floodgates opened up, Dakota. I I gained, I think, 1,500 followers in six weeks. Mm. Uh, And my account has never done that. I I, I mean, this was the first time in 2019 that I had a shot go over 1,000 likes. So it's like, okay, something happened. I was sharing shots that that I had taken five or six months prior. So it's not like I was busting out some new techniques. Uh, Not like I was doing some plastic actions or nose reins. But for some reason, IG was showing more of my followers. There was more interaction. I was making it out to the explore section. Hmm. Uh, but then it just turned off again. So it, it does mess with my head, especially, and I'm not going to name names, and I'll probably, I probably sound like an asshole for even saying this, but I know we all think it. But you can't tell me that you've seen some shots out there from people that are getting five, six, seven hundred likes, and, and you're just going, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You and Scott Blind need to like have like a, a go at it about this because he gets so annoyed too. And I've gotten to the place now where it doesn't bug me anymore. But <laughs> you and Scott Blind would make a fantastic. I, I bet. And I am a huge fan of Scott's. Huge fan. And we actually kind of work together by proxy on the X Clue magazine now. But yeah, exactly. I, I feel so his pain, man. Up. I feel because his <laughs> work is excellent. I know it is fucking excellent. I mean, he's one of my favorite accounts. I, I could rattle them all off. I mean, there are accounts that I am glad that IG lets me see every day still. Yeah. And he's one of them. But I do notice that his his overall reach and his overall likes for some of his just amazing shots is is in the toilet. Uh, and there are there are accounts out there where, you know, it's like a, a cell phone shot right out of the box. Like, hey, I got a new toy and it gets 600 likes. You know why? You know why? Okay, so I figured it out. Like I tell me, man, tell me. (laughs) I will tell you. Okay, so I I have like a Discord where I try to like give people tips and stuff, and like growing (laughs) channels and stuff. So like the problem with Instagram and the way the algorithm works, like they have a timestamp on your photo. So whenever you take a photo, if the timestamp on the photo is within the day that it's posted, it gets bumped. So like if you take a photo and the timestamp, I don't know if you can change it on your photos for like you might be able to, but like, for instance, I did, a, I just did a, a tester just to like show people. I did one of the storm collectibles bane on my one twelve community. And I was like, watch this shot's going to get at least a thousand likes. So I, I took the, I took it out. I did the nine swipes. So I took at least nine photos 
and I just took pictures of it in my hand, like with my hand visible so people could see it. <laughs> and that, that shot got like thousand likes. Oh so my God. It's the time it like the way that it works is so like when people are scrolling, I don't know what it is. It's this it's this weird phenomenon that people will stop if they see something and it's almost like a virtual reality thing where they're like looking and they see someone's hand and they have to tap on it to see what's in their hand. Like I don't know what it is, but it is some sort of magic thing to kind of like gain like I don't know what it is. It's the weirdest thing. But so I should just put my hand in shots or as soon as I take a shot, upload it. When you get a new figure, this is going to help bump up your, and people listening to, when you get a new figure, do a figure like out of the box, like just take photos of it, just like some crappy cell phone photos, the crappier, the better. Like I right. like the more polished, the less the Instagram's going to like it. Like, I don't know why it's just weird. And well, I mean, I, I believe it. Cause like I said, I mean, there, there's some stuff out there and I just shake my head. It's like, Fuck me. Excuse me. I don't know if this is explicit or not, but sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm just like, uh, what am I doing? Like, why do I even spend the time to go out and use some loom cubes and some atmosphere aerosol or some fireworks when I could just set it up against my deck leaning and and take a shot? Yeah, it's really strange. And like, have you ever seen like some of those people that talk about like trying to do marketing for uh, like Facebook and stuff like that? They say like the more polished something looks, the less someone's likely to click on it. But if it looks kind of crazy, the, if it looks kind of crappy, like it looks kind of hand drawn or something yeah. that kind of looks like a little bit off, they're like, oh, what? they're kind of interested. Their interest peaks. And people, I think, sometimes are so inundated and flooded with professional, like high quality images that a lot of times those those get kind of buried. I don't know why, but it's, but it is, I mean, that, that's a, it's an interesting way to think about it. Cause, and I, I don't deny it. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, but Nick who works in social media advertising. So he, he kind of knows a bit about how the algos are tweaked to influence spends. Yep, exactly. That's, that's and, and he said, he said straight up Instagram, they essentially have, I don't know if it's like a 10 minute rule, an hour rule, but if you launch a shot, especially if you're on a business account or yep. what's that new level account, yep, and it doesn't do a certain number of organic interactions in this time frame, as in likes and comments, it disappears. It it's not going to get showed to the rest of your followers. I know. I, I know that uh, firsthand. So it's insane. And that's what I mean. So that's why I've taken like if I put a shot out and it dies and it's like, well, no one liked it. So it sucks and I blow. One thing that I feel like, uh, like maybe this is like, I don't want to like give you tips because I feel like this is, this is the wrong way to do it, but like maybe give it like some time in between shots. And like, I know you're doing that now, but like, like build some momentum in between. So people have some anticipation. Like I know like a lot of the accounts that do, that get a lot of bigger organic reach. They have a long, like maybe like I know long is, is that term is different and on Instagram it's like long could be two or three days it's like it feels like a lifetime but like give some some uh give some time for people to be like oh I need a shot from Haywood you know what I mean where's my Haywood shot and it's like but when you're posting every day I I noticed (laughs) I don't don't anticipate anyone asking that question you know what I'm saying though like so people yeah 100 100 it's like Star Wars when we got too much Star Wars we were all like oh just slow down I need to be able to process this like um and well, I'm I'm a Star Wars freak. I, I'll take Star Wars every single day. I mean, good, good, bad, or indifferent, give it to me. 
I am too, but like I, I I do know what you mean. It's just it's overload because I right. I have just now started going back and rewatching Mando because like I've seen it all the way through once and I loved it. Like I absolutely adored that show, but I have a like it takes me at least personally time to process like Star Wars right. and like going to social media. I like all of us as toy photographers, we want to recreate shots and stuff like that. So, um, what I'm trying to say is like build some momentum like where people can be like, okay, I haven't seen a shot from so-and-so in a minute when they're going to post their next shot. And that kind of creates um, that, that moment whenever you share it is like that instant tap. And like you're saying, like it, it won't get buried because people aren't used to, people are waiting for the shot to show up. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think I took yesterday off. I might, might drop one tonight. I, I think another problem was getting mixed up in the toy pop sessions too. Cause Mm-hmm. I think IG kind of doesn't like that type of stuff, but yeah. Uh, plus, it's so late for us in the states. Uh, you know, eleven o'clock these days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like I said, it was weird. I, I had a lot of luck December, January, February, because uh, I can remember I, I I asked some of the big accounts because I was just looking like, come on, give me to four thousand before the year because that was a goal of mine in twenty nineteen. I wanted to hit four thousand. Yeah. And I was close, but knowing just uh, my profile reach, seeing how many people actually viewed my profile was a real low number. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to reach out to my buddy, Everything Kylo. I'm going to I'm gonna try to tag I Uutau, Nose Rain. I mean, I've, I've been friendly with these guys, but I've never like met them in, in, in person. But I'm like, hey, you know me. I know you. You're a huge account. Could you maybe shout me out? And some of them did. Some of them didn't. But it started to help, and then I started to share more, and I was sharing a little bit better work, still mm-hmm. not brand new or amazing in my opinion. But I would do one in the morning before nine, and then I would try to do another one during the session when it's at 10 o'clock. And I don't know, man, like I said, shots started to get six, seven, eight hundred. Ooh, there's an 1,000, 1,200. Holy shit, this has never happened before. Right. And then just as quick as it turned on towards the end of February, that faucet got turned right back off. Yeah. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I, I Like I said, I always, I always sound like such a little whiner, whiner <laughs> baby about toy photography. But oh, man. It's a real I love problem. it, man. I, lo- I love it. We, we put so much effort into it and to know sometimes that your followers who chose to follow you don't get to see your new shots because of algorithms and this, that, and the other thing. One thing that I highly recommend, have you listened to the Dwayne Shoot Toys episode yet? That was your most recent, so I, I need to catch that one. That one I feel like has helped so many people, like because he I don't know if you know this, but he has seven hundred and sixty thousand followers on TikTok. Like he he has almost a million. Um, Holy hell! And that would have had that had to have been quick too, because I mean, yes. how old is TikTok? Dude, he's he's well, I think it's older than I think it's older than a couple of years, but he's only been on TikTok, I want to say only a year. Like, wow. But the thing about he, he recommends people get on TikTok because it has such an organic reach and they don't limit, uh, they don't limit growth. And it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah they haven't. Cause I, I don't know if you remember, but I think right when I first got into it, it was still the old school. You would see a chronological timeline of yeah. your, of your follower or, you know, the people you followed, you'd see their shots. Exactly. And it works that way on TikTok. And, it is so. I mean, I'm completely stupid on TikTok outside of the, the dumb memes and like the kids killing other kids doing challenges and crap. But it, it's is he doing videos on there or was he is he throwing up 
bro, you behind need, the scenes work or whatnot. I guess I just need to check it out. You need to check it out because what he's doing over there is brilliant. He's getting people to engage with different things. He's not just doing toy photography. He's also doing fun stuff where he's like dancing with sneakers on his fingers, like just goofy stuff that they get people <laughs> engaged. And so right. like he, he also did these TikTok collector card things where he, he, cause he makes everything from scratch. So what he does is he like makes these cards like fe uh, featuring big TikTok accounts and then he'll tag them in them and then he'll do like he's like i'm opening up these rare collector TikTok cards and he does all these like cool little niche things that gets people engaged and like they blow up it just it it it's really interesting because he gets a lot of growth from TikTok, and then he it all spreads over to instagram it spreads over to his twitter and he cross posts and does different thing all like of all the socials pinterest linkedin all of it so got you yeah yeah he he just recently tagged one of his shots star wars time show organically like i i've never interacted with him so i was like that's pretty fucking sweet you know when, yeah. the, when the when the big guys big girls uh, i still can't convince black series to use it all the time <laughs> uh, or plastic action I, I i make the pleas on my show so i know they're clearly not listening but here hopefully they are listening it's like guys come on we use all these other stupid hashtags that you know don't do anything for you i can guarantee if you use star wars time show it's going to get a like, it's going to get looked at, and you have a chance to get featured and appear on the podcast. Thank there you. you. Go. There you go. You heard it first. Just replace like one of the stupid ones, like design this or outside shot. I mean, come on. <laughs> right? Use what, what do we use, right? Star Wars Time Show, Star Wars Toy Picks with an X, Red yeah. Five and Friends, Star Wars Black Series, TBSFF. That's all you need for the Star Wars shots. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all. And everybody who is anybody is going to see it. There you go. There you go. So let's move into a different topic, bro. All right. Um, what do you feel like the community as a toy photography community? Because I know you're a big presence in this community. Um, what do you feel like we're doing right? What do you feel like we're doing wrong? And how can we kind of make this a better place? Well, in terms of what's what's happening right, it, it's like I said, it's the it's the the, the collaborative nature of everybody. Uh, I don't feel there's an account that's too big that I couldn't ask a question to and, and they wouldn't respond. I mean, pretty much anyone I've ever DM'd in this hobby, all the way up to the bananas and now the plastic actions, the nose reins, I'll shoot them a DM and I'm going to get a reply. I'm going to get some honest feedback. I'm going to get some great tips. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I do, I think it's just everyone kind of helping everybody is is... Uh, what's what's going right? Um, it, it's hard to say what's going wrong. I don't know if there's anything really going wrong because it, it's not like we have assholes in the community. They're just going around shit posting everybody or or making fun of people's shots. That happens. Uh, it does happen. I know, but are they community members? Or are they just your typical social media trolls? I. It's never happened to me. I guess I'd feel flattered if someone came on and said, hey, your, your, your stuff sucks. I did have one guy come on. He's like, hey, you use too many fireworks. All your shots have fireworks. And I was like, Dude. all your shots have watches in it. Like, who gives a shit? So I will, I will say, if you get on TikTok, they, the trolls are there. Like, it, I've already got the trolls. And, like, I had, I had I posted just a couple photos, like, doing a slideshow of, like, pics that I've done in the past. And it's just like, hey, I do toy photography and, like, show a slideshow of my shots. And this one guy was like, these shots suck. Like you really suck. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, you gotta love you. it. I was like, thank you. I've never had anybody say that. I really, that really is yeah. awesome, man. Thank you. Like, 
Yeah, you, 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 like I said, I mean, again, maybe this just goes back to IG hides all my stuff and I don't have enough people to, to look at it and tell me I suck. That's true. That's true. I, I've not gotten anything that awesome yet. Uh, but I guess wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll just go back to what I just said. Use use hashtag Star Wars Time Show in your Star Wars toy shots. There you go. That's what the community can do better, at least selfishly for me. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm. It's a great question, Dakota. I just, I, I guess maybe I've never been around any of the negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, all that's kind of off my radar, gone over my head. I've never had anyone that I've gone to for, for help or just or a tip or something tell me to go screw myself. So, yeah, uh, selfishly, uh, support your boys over at the Star Wars Time Show. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That's something we all can do. And I think, like, as you guys, like, become bigger, and I, I feel like that's, like, like a taboo thing to even say. Like, you guys already are at that place because you're such an integral part, and so many people are such big fans of yours that... As it can always be bigger, buddy. I'm with you. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, said, I'm someone. It's the, rabbit, that... it's the proverbial rabbit, you know, carrot on a string kind of thing. Like it, it uh-huh. what's what, you know, is a hundred thousand enough or what's, what's the number going to be? Because if you don't have a fan base that connects with you and you feel like that, that community isn't involved then it's, it's nothing really. If it's just exactly robot. And that's been the best part of coming over and starting star Wars time.net. And then obviously hooking in uh, the IG fan art community. Uh, because for sure that's where we've built our community. We didn't have that before. And, and as Nick and I have said that that's our drug. Uh, we're not going to ask for, for handouts. We're not going to ask for donations. Uh, and, and that's me and that's him. We j- I don't feel uh, that's really right to do for me at this point, because I don't think we have a big enough of a following. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm not getting people or PR people come to me saying, Hey, your show's great. Can we, uh, send you to this event or have you cover this or this, that, and the other thing, my numbers aren't good enough. So I'm not going to ask for people to pay me to do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, that's just me. That's how I, I roll with all the stuff I've created. Do you listen to coffee with Kenobi? No, I am. Um, I don't want to say I'm a podcast snob, but I dedicate my, my listening mostly to uh, my man, Howard Stern and sports talk. Although <laughs> sports talk has kind of gone away. So, uh, I guess I should layer in some more podcasts. That is one podcast that it is I have aspired to like get on because I'm a big fan of his. And one day, like I feel like you, if you guys could connect and be able to kind of like like share listeners, that would be something maybe you could consider reaching out to him. He's got an incredible listener base, and he's he's been doing podcasting. I want to say not as long as you, but he he's gotten connected i don't know if you're familiar with dan z over at coffee with kenobi but he's gotten connected with lucasfilm and he goes to all the events and yeah so there you go that that's that's what i'm looking for he's connected like he he's like best friends with the guy that owns the uh uh the star wars memorabilia like all like the hall of fame what what's the um ranch rancho yeah yeah steve sansweet he's best friends with steve and and like he's he's just a really cool guy and that's something i've always aspired to get on like the way that I want to do it is to kind of promote my business. Um, but that that's, you know, down the road eventually, but that's something maybe you could look, look into doing, but I think that'd be really Yeah. Cool. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of it. Just, uh, I'm an asshole too. I mean, I do a star Wars podcast. Mine's the best. You know what I mean? I mean, I, and that's how I feel. I, I'm, I know it's, it's like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a douchebag like that, but, uh, to, to stay committed and, and keep the drive up there, I have to feel like what I do is the best. I mean, 
I'm not going to argue with you, man. I mean, that, that is something that is, all of us want to be the best. And I feel like I, yeah, <laughs> it, it is something I think that is uh, ingrained within us. Like the people that love like pop culture and that want to, uh-huh. to grow. And- we're, we're, we're- highly competitive at least i am i do i I look at it as like oh coffee with kenobi he's the best well i want people to listen to me so (laughs) fuck him oh man i know you know the guy i'm sure he's fantastic but that's that's just how i operate like he is so opposite i am is the i I know opposite like he is like the most chillest (laughs) like he's like like in comparison to you like you're like a a raging inferno and he's just like a peaceful like calm (laughs) (laughs) well and that's why my co-host and i i think that's why it works because nick is he is the common collected jedi archetype and i am the (laughs) nut job darth maul crazy guy sith yeah Uh, it's just how it is i mean i i'd like uh, my my passion meter gets turned up to 10 uh, (laughs) when i when i talk about stuff that i enjoy nice dude it's like i said i mean i just i i all these other star wars podcasts i'm sure they're fantastic but I'm better. So there you go. Listen to me. There you go. All right. So let's, let's talk about (laughs) your, your, uh, before I forget, let's talk about your camera, your, your lens, like the things that maybe if someone was really interested and wanted to get the kind of setup that you have, what is some practical things that you use to do toy photography? Okay. Um, and I just want to, another shout out to Spencer Barron. Uh, he, he got a new kind of pro camera. I think it was Sony a 6,000 or something. Nice. And the quality of his shots, I mean, you can really see what a camera like that can do versus an iPhone. And we all start with an iPhone. I believe you still shoot on an iPhone sometimes. They're, they're great. But with a DSLR or higher-end mm-hmm. camera, it, your shots will just look a little more dynamic and night, rich. So yeah, It's night and day. Yeah, I, I'm on a, a Canon 80D. Uh, not a super expensive camera, but it's still going to cost you over a grand. So, I mean, nice. it's not something everyone can get. Uh, the lens I almost exclusively use these days is the Canon uh, 100 millimeter Mac Daddy Ooh. macro lens. Um, I think it's like seven, eight hundred bucks just for the lens. Uh, it's fantastic for shooting toys because, again, the, the essentially the one to one zoom. Uh, you can really capture the details of a figure. Uh, but I also have your your standard walk around lens like the the kit lens i think it was a 18 to 55 milli i've got the fantastic 1.8 uh, aperture 50 millimeter fixed canon and then i have kind of a, a cheap uh, telephoto i think a 75 to 255 uh, but for toys it's it's exclusively the 100 millimeter or the 50 millimeter fixed uh, but it's been probably a year and a half since I, since I've shot with something outside of the 100 millimeter. Nice. Are you happy with it? Like, do you feel like that's something you want to keep for a while? Yeah, I mean, the the lens is fantastic, man. It's just like I said, the how close you can get to a figure for certain perspectives, and then how far away you can still get and really get a rich looking shot. Uh, it's there are times especially when I, I go outside and shoot these days where it's like damn it i wish you had the 50 uh because anyone that has shot with a 100 millimeter or these these higher millimeter lenses knows that you kind of have to get quite a ways away from your subject to get them yeah. in frame yeah uh, so sometimes that's a bummer but i i've just found the quality of that 100 millimeter to be uh right where i right where i like it for the way i shoot because i mean let's be real 
I'm probably better suited to short to shoot portrait style pictures versus the more dynamic action oriented shots that, you know, the everything Kylo's, the plastic actions get into. Uh, so a hundred millimeters good for those more static pulled up shots. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, do you change it up when you're doing different scales or do you kind of stick with the same lens? I, I, I stick with it and I don't know if it's more out of laziness or yeah, it's laziness. I think for the most <laughs> part, it'd be like, Oh shit, I already lugged everything out here. I'm not going to walk the extra 20 yards to go back in and change the lens type of deal. Yeah. Okay. So you go outside and shoot a lot. I, it's, it's where I prefer to. And with this lockdown, I've actually gotten back to doing it the way I used to do it, which was figures, camera, natural light. Nice. Uh, I, I've gotten over the years, just seeing some of the stuff that the, the big accounts put out and then seeing their BTS and like, oh, I want to try the loom cubes. I want to try the aperture tech. I want to try this. I want to try wires. You know what I mean? And it gets to a point where, you know, you're looking at like an hour, hour and a half before you can even start shooting your damn figure because you're setting up lights outside, this, this, that, this. So it's been nice to just kind of go out, plop a figure down, maybe cheat with a little atmosphere aerosol and take some shots with the universe's light, right? The sun, that's it. Yeah. No bullshit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, outdoors definitely preferred indoor i think i can have a little more fun because you have uh, obviously direct control of your light sources uh, so you can kind of tweak things a little quicker see things how you know see how different colored lights are going to affect the shot uh, versus being outside but outside with the fireworks blowing up dirt i mean that's where it's at nice do you go like the extra mile with like post-processing i know you said that you you had a backlog for a while like what what is your regiment with post-processing post-processing is the bane of my existence <laughs> when it comes to this hobby uh, i'm someone that refuses to learn photoshop because i think it's one of the most unorganized unintuitive software uh, applications so i've ever seen so true uh, and you're talking to a computer scientist i've worked with multiple different systems i teach how to use systems it's it's a it's a shit show um, so I use Affinity for iPad. Uh, there's a desktop version too. I mean, it, it's a Photoshop clone, but to me, it it makes sense. The right? interface so, is better. Yeah, and I'm someone that that I spend a lot of time at a computer, either working for my real job or creating content for Star Wars time or you know whatever. So I don't want to be locked at my computer at night if I need to edit a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my process sucks. I, I I shoot shots raw, load them right onto my iPad. Uh, you know, I shoot high-speed shutter, so every setup sometimes is going to have anywhere from 50 to 100 shots. So I, then I have to whittle it down to the best one, or if I know I can use some layering, the best couple, right, to maybe wipe out certain sections to uh, show others to kind of build a dynamic composite shot. Nice. And then once that's done, I just kind of sit on my fat ass for a few days and sometimes I'll finish the post-processing. Sometimes I'll just let it sit. Like right now, I probably have eight shots that need the final touches in Affinity and they've been sitting there since the beginning of April. Wow. So like I said, I'm someone that loves the shoot and whittling down my shots to find the gem. 
But outside of that, it becomes like, oh, shit, I got to load it up and I got to try to figure out how to wipe out a wire and not make it look like vomit or uh, my lightsaber effect. I think I perfected. I actually get a lot of comments on my lightsaber effect. So um, I think I finally figured out how to do a solid lightsaber. Do you do that in Affinity? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I try to, you call it the bananas approach, but I try to get as much in frame raw as possible because I hate doing the post-processing. I don't want to learn how to change lights or fade stuff in or mix shots up like the, the shit that black series and plastic action, the stuff they can do in Photoshop just blows my mind. And it's like, no, Me too, man. That, Me too. that is nuts. It's like science. I mean, I, I, I don't want to do that. So I, I do very basic editing i'll load in the raw shot and i'll do affinity when it senses it's raw it allows you to kind of do a first pass of processing with uh, exposure black levels light saturation clarity so on and so forth mm. i'll do that and then i'll load it up and the only things i'll i'll typically look at i'll look at levels again so i can control maybe the whites and the blacks uh, i might tweak some soft proofing. I, I've started to add a little soft proofing to my shots. I kind of like the look, but not too much. And uh, potentially if I need to wipe wires or add uh, lightsaber effects or blaster bolts, that's, that's pretty much all I do in post. Mm. Uh, I, I've just recently gotten to the point where I've tried layering. You know, uh, I did it with a, a Hondo shot with the, was it the, the the B1 battle droid, those brown guys? Yeah. Where I took, you know, I, ha I only had one droid, but I'd take a shot, I'd move them, take a shot, move them, take a shot, move them. And then I took all those individual shots and kind of wiped them together. So that, that's something I'm, I'm practicing now. Nice. I'm just scrolling through your stuff. I had no idea, man, you had 3,660 posts. That's incredible. Well, dude, I was I was a crackhead. I, I'm not kidding. I mean, there's <laughs> there was a time I think I had, and this is no joke, when I was still shooting pops regularly and, and dabbling in figures, probably 900 shots that needed processed. I mean, it, it was an addiction. There's no doubt about it. it, it I'm, I'm slowly getting there. I mean, this last... IG jail sentence I've been put under is kind of just been like, you know what, man, fuck it. You don't need to post in the morning. You don't need to post at night. You don't have to do it every seven days a week. I mean, there's a time I was probably dropping 14 shots a week, man. That is, that's hard work. I feel like, okay. So like for people out there that like lack inspiration, like what would you give them as a tip to be able to like get motivated with toy photography? I think part of it is my my sickness, uh, my never-ending desire to get recognition for content I create. Okay, uh, that I'm not kidding. Like that, that, at least for me, that that's what motivates me. It's like, what can I do that could potentially be the the post or the share that's going to take me next level? Right? When what's the next episode of Star Wars Time Show that's going to catch someone's attention? that's big and skyrockets it. So I, I it's like I'm chasing the, the white dragon, kind of like a, a heroin addict. You know what I mean? Where you're always, at least for me, it's always like one more try, one more try. It's like, a, you know, it's kind of in video games too. It's like one more turn, one more turn. And then five hours later, you're still playing the game and it's 5 a.m. Yeah. And that's kind of where it's at. But I, I guess for normal people, uh, to stay motivated, it's like – if it makes you happy, free up time 
to do it, right? Do what you got to do to make yourself happy. If that means spending extra time on stuff that doesn't make you happy on a Monday so you can get some time on a Friday to do it, then then do that. Uh, I, I guess make time for yourself. Mm. Uh, being a you know family man, I, I have a four-year-old, it's okay to still just take some some dad time. Right. Uh, and I recommend that for, for anybody that, that's in a family or maybe just works too much, uh, to stay motivated with the things that make you happy. And to do that, you got to maybe put in the work with the stuff that doesn't make you happy up front. Then you can kind of enjoy the fruits of your labor on the backside. I love it. So do you like schedule time to do this or do you have like dedicated slots in your schedule that you actually set for toy photography? Uh, no. And that's probably why I'm always so unprepared. It, it's more of a, uh, especially now, I mean, uh, it's just my wife and I, and we have a four-year-old. The four-year-old at this stage still needs a lot of play with me, play with me, do this, do this. Let's go outside. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. great. I love it. I love my kid. So it, it's more of, all right, the weather's nice or the kid's doing something for an hour. She's out with mom, something like that. That's when I'll be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> uh, recently, I couldn't sleep. It was probably four weeks ago. Could not sleep. 4 a.m. just laying there. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go downstairs and start shooting some toys. Uh, so I, I guess these days I try to, I look for the open windows and I jump on them when I can get them. Nice. That's crazy. Uh, and like I said, it plays into sometimes why it may take me so long to get through a shoot because I don't have a plan. I never really go into a shooting session with a concrete plan. It's more, I haven't shot these figures yet. I'll grab you. I'll grab you. I'll grab you. Ooh, I could probably grab someone from the archives that would fit with you. A nice pairing. I grab my camera, uh, tripod, and then my box of shit. And my box of shit, that's, uh, you know, my remote shutter, all my wires, atmosphere aerosol, fireworks, uh, the drain blaster. I mean, you name it. I got every tool a toy photographer could ever want for out outdoor shooting. And I'll just plop the shit out there and be like, okay, grab you and I'll put you there. And all right, that looks okay. Let's shoot. So uh, it's probably why I've never created a super dynamic looking awesome scene. Because uh, I just don't, I don't really plan the shot. It's more, I have the time. Let's take advantage of the time and try to get as many shots in it as I can. That's crazy. I feel I, okay, I can connect with that so much, like at like a deep level, because I, for the longest time did that. Like I just, I wanted to shoot. I love toy photography and I just dedicate the time, figure out the, the slot of when the time that I can go out there and shoot and then just go for it and not really have a plan. And I feel like there is a benefit to that. And there's also like, there's also something to be learned from it at the same time. Oh yeah. Like, because there's some, so many things that you, when you get into the post and you're like, oh man, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I would have uh -huh. thought of that. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm now getting to the point where I'm trying to premeditate my, my shots and, the, and like, I'm not there yet. Like I'm trying, it's, it's getting to that point, but like. For instance, when Jack's like, he keeps like a notebook of all the shots that he's going to do. He's like super premeditated. Like he's already visualized everything that he's going to do, knows exactly how he's going to process. Oh, yeah. I'm just like not there yet. But once I get there, I feel like I feel like I'll be happier with my end result because like I, I do. I do. There are times where 
something will just pop in my head. It's not even like I'm actively thinking about a setup. Sure. But it'll pop my head and I'll jot it down. Oh, really? Very rarely do I go back to that notepad <laughs> and actually execute the shots because I either, like I said, it's like, ooh, I got some time. Let's just go do it. I got all these new figures. I want to try to get them shot. So it all just kind of goes out the window. But, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, there, there's reasons why a nose rain, a plastic action, work more or less. There's a reason their shots look the way they do. And even Jason B. Michael has gotten to this level, in my opinion, already, where the the time and the effort and the detail they put into the setup, you can see how much that pays off in the final shot versus just so Matt pa- walking outside, throwing some shit down, you know, lighting a firework, and here we go. They are so patient, man. It blows my mind. Like I am so impatient with it, and I've got to. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, I I just destroyed a, an eighty dollar figure arts crate, Luke, because of my patience issues with the toy photography hobby. Ouch. Slammed the dude right up against the wall. One of his faces blew off. I've never found it, and his body is basically all disjointed and broken now. But I felt good when I did it. Wait. So what? What was the story? What happened? I told it on the show, but basically, you know how figure arts can get sometimes when you're trying to change out a hand or or an accessory. Yeah. So I'm trying to put this fucker's lightsaber hand on, and it will not go on. I'm talking 30 minutes in. It's still (laughs) the peg keeps folding over. I'm I'm just – my rage is increasing exponentially like every minute and every miss of this hand. It just got to the point where – I guess because of my rage, I was the, the the hand I was holding him in. I was I squeezed him so hard, then his whole freaking body just fell apart. <laughs> like the the waist joint fell off, the legs popped out, the other arm popped out. So oh. after that, I put them all back together. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna try one more time with the hand. <laughs> Boom, hand still wouldn't go on. He fell to pieces again. So I took whatever whatever was left in my hand, wound up and threw a fastball right at a concrete wall with, <laughs> with the figure. And as soon as it hit, I just saw little plastic pieces go that is a all toy. over my deck into the yard. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck you, Crate Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that is a toy photocast first. I have never heard that kind of thing happened. Like, did you, okay, did you do like the water method? Like, did you try to like heat up the joints? Like, was it just not working that day? Like, what? It, it just, it would not go in. It just, the, the little hole, it was almost like the hole in the hand. They the, didn't drill it large enough. Is it the one that like is angled weird? Cause they're like, there's. Yeah. Some- yeah. It's all jacked up, man. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, figure arts has gotten better with this. Cause I, I remember when I first started collecting that line, putting their damn hands on became such a stressful process. I was just like, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, you know, Qui-Gon's going to be walking around with jazz hands all the time because I'm not changing it. I don't care. Yeah. It's uh, it just, I don't know. It just, it would not go on. I was outside. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to take time to go in and boil water. Fuck this guy. It's going to go on. And it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't until eventually I just saw red, lost it, and tossed him. That's one thing I really appreciate about Mezco is I've never had that problem. Like Mezco, they have such an incredible. Oh, they're, those are beautiful. I'm so glad I've gotten into that line. I mean, I wish they would get the Star Wars license for Christ's sake, but they don't. It's fine. Uh, but I, I've gotten more into collecting DC and, and Marvel Mezco. I actually just got my first roach, that gold guy. Yeah, Gomez. Uh, what? Haven't th- oh, that's right, Gomez. Roach is what? His other head yeah his alter ego or something i don't even know all that shit i just i just like the figure sure 
but no, I mean those those one twelves are, in my opinion, probably the greatest line at that scale in terms of the soft goods, the posability, the face sculpts, the accessories. Yeah, best stuff out there. It really is. I, I don't think that they'll ever get the Star Wars license because that's just not something that he is into. Like Mez, he's he loves pop culture and he loves like horror and he loves like all the weird stuff. But like he's just never voiced it, as far as I know, that he's a big Star Wars fan. So like, I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. He's. Weird. I just think they would look rad, man. I mean, oh, think about would. a a one twelve Bespin Luke. And, I know. And a fully fully soft goods you know uh, beige get up it would be amazing but like that that's just not i don't see that happening yeah. but like it's fine because i i've collected mezco for years just not their fa- i was you know again my my chibi obsession the funko pops i first started collecting mezco when they made the mezits do you ever hear the mezits oh yeah for sure yeah so mezits. Yeah, yeah 112 is that they're the 112 collective lines that is some fine 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 plastic crack no doubt about it oh yeah for sure what okay so let's talk about something that um interests me what are you looking forward to like as far as releases go from uh companies this year oh easy all the uh, hot toys mandalorian stuff oh man I've got. I've got. I've, I probably got over a thousand pre-ordered in in hot toys one six scale mando so uh, I, I want the life-size Hot Toys Child. Got that on pre-order. I'm looking forward to the full Beskar with Child Deluxe set. Yes. I've got the standard Mando 1-6 scale. I got the Death Trooper. And now I just pre-ordered that fucking Scout Trooper and Baby Yoda Deluxe set. So oh, man. They are yeah. milk that till we are absolutely like like destroyed. It's it, it's crazy, man. And, and you know they did those glamour shots of that deluxe set, and you knew that you, you knew they were going to put IG Eleven in there. And now I'm going. Well, do I need to get him now too? Yep, you have to. You Pretty have much, to. I'm going to have the Yoda in the bag with the smiley face. So got to recreate that shot. That goes back to what we first started with. Like, ooh, I saw in the movie. I got to recreate it. So I know. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I, it's been hard not to pull the trigger on the on the heavy one six scale, on the flame trooper, on the remnant trooper. I mean, it's it's hard. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say the a lot of the Mandalorian stuff at the one six scale, but obviously the the Black Series best full Beskar Mando. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my Black Series child should be getting here this weekend, so that would be interesting. But so yeah, I guess I'm I'm still kind of high on the Mandalorian collectibles right now. That's awesome. Did you pick up any of the Endgame uh, Hot Toys? Yes, that's the uh, the first time I got a a Marvel one six scale, and I got the the first Thanos, the the blue suit. Ooh, like the the, the non armor Thanos. What do you think of him? Beautiful. It's 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 phenomenal. It's just I've sometimes you got to draw lines, as you know, Dakota, when it comes to collecting, and I, I really need to keep the one six scale to just Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I've I've I cheat sometimes. I mean, with the Thanos, I, I had to get the was it the Toys Era one six scale comedian. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's still something because I, I I love that movie. I love that version of Joker. Oh yeah, uh, but I, I mostly at the one six scale. I'm, I'm trying to stay in Star Wars as I've pre ordered the uh, uh, Miles Morales six scale. I'm probably going to pre-order the new spider Gwen six scale. So I've already screwed that pledge to myself, but, uh, it was hard not to get a ton of the 
Infinity slash Endgame one six scale. There's no doubt about it. They're all just beautiful. Yeah, I lost a lot of NRDs on uh, some of the Endgame stuff. I had to cancel like five figures. Um, oh, yeah, it was rough. They and- actually they sideshow was quite nice to me recently on on a cancellation because I got suckered into pre-ordering their one to one child, which. Once Hot Toys dropped theirs, I mean, they're they're not even comparable in my opinion. Yeah. And I told them that and they're like, you know what? That's fine. You can have your deposit back and the first payment you made on it and all's good. So good on them because, I mean, you are right. We we do check that box. It it is on us. It is a policy. So it's not like they're dickheads for keeping the money. But that that is painful when you got to essentially forfeit, what, 25, 35 bucks. It is very painful. And like... Okay, so like to kind of like go on, go off of what you're saying, like I'm sticking with just the Mando stuff for Hot Toys and I, I'm being so devout with it because if I go outside of that realm, I picked up Luke Skywalker, the original Jedi Luke uh, from Hot Toys. I love that figure, but I ended up selling it because I started getting the itch, man. I was like, I got to get Vader. I got to get Boba Fett. I got to get, you know, it's like, you that- know, dude, you know, what's funny. Guess how my Hot Toys went. How'd it go? Well, I had to get the the, the Chewbacca, the one that, that people yep. used to take photography or, or pictures of. It just he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Once that started, though, it was right to that Jedi Luke. Right after Jedi Luke, it was the most recent Empire Vader. Right to the most recent Empire Fett. Right to the Mythos Obi Wan. Then TLJ Ray, and here we go. Now I've got about fifteen of them. <laughs> so. It is a they're just so it's a they look so slope. good, man. That they're like little sculptures. They're little works of art. It is a slippery slope, and I, I know, like, okay, so like with Mandalorian, like if I stick to just the main squad and not go down the trooper line, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. If I go down, if I open up the, the floodgates of getting like the troopers, oh yeah, dude, I'm over. It's game over because I'm gonna need three of each one. <laughs> Yeah, every time on oh yeah, because you, you love building armies, but every time I'm on sideshow, I have an internal war in my mind of should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do like the one I'm still debating on now, just because I'm a homer for is even though it really doesn't look like Daisy, I want the white robe ray. It looks so good. Oh. I know. I mean, it looks like Hillary Swank, but it's still a very <laughs> nice looking figure. Yeah. Uh, and I've got the TLJ Ray, which essentially looks exactly the same. It just doesn't have the white robes, but I'm like, I got to get it. And it was just, I think it was last Friday when I pre-ordered the uh, Scout Trooper and Yoda set. I'm sitting there like, should I do it today? Should I do the Ray today? Should I, should I, should I uh, now wait? Yeah. And that's pretty much every experience on, on Sideshow Collectibles for me at this point. I'm the same way, man. I'm still like the only figure that I'm really having a hard time saying no to is Kylo. Like I really want that that Kylo from Rise of Skywalker. That and <sighs> yeah, I have I have the TLJ one. You do. So I I was hoping they were going to include like a possible Ben Solo outfit in in the in the Tross one, but oh, that, so far that that would have sold me. I would have been yeah okay. So and that's why I've held back because for the most part, outside of the red cracked helmet. To me, the, the Tross Kylo is the exact same model as the TLJ Kylo. Yeah, it is. Well, I guess he's got the hood on his his cloak now, too, but whatever. So And the, and the scarred helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the, those two things. Like, yeah, screw it. 
So I, I have not felt that pull yet, but I am feeling the pull to uh, Ray, whatever her name is these days. Ray Palpatine. <laughs> oh, I, that, that makes me cringe every time I hear it. It's like, oh. See, okay, so quick hot take on Rise of Skywalker. Um, Let's hear it. I, I, I've seen it like six or seven times, so I'm still a loyal Star Wars fan. I can tell you the first time I saw it, uh, first and foremost, I, I ruined the whole movie for myself because of the Star Wars time show, and I let someone talk me into reading the leaks on Reddit, which actually turned out to be 100% factual. Ooh. So as I'm sitting in the movie and I start seeing the leaks play out, I, I'm instantly, my, my stomach just sinks. I'm like, I've just ruined this entire thing for myself. Oh, man. So first time in, uh, that, that first hour, I was like, holy shit what were they thinking? Like the, the pace of that was insane. They were throwing out these huge ideas that needed some exposition, in my opinion, like Palpatine. Hey, he's back. Hey, this and that. Let's go here. This is, and then it kind of settled into its groove. So, I mean, initial viewing, it's like, yeah, JJ made his episode eight and nine in the one movie. And for some reason decided he only needed two hours and 20 minutes to do so. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the fact that Tross was only two hours and 20 some odd minutes is a joke. This is the final film in the Skywalker saga. How the hell is it not at least endgame length, first and foremost? So when it comes down to it, individually, each one of these sequel trilogy movies, in their own right, they're they're okay. They're entertaining. Yeah. I'm not a TLJ hater. I actually kind of appreciated that take for the franchise, and, and I guess even more so now after seeing Tross, but... Um, Tross to me, it, there's just like the, the, the Palpatine stuff and the Ray. And when Poe says Palpatine's back, how could that? It's like, come on. It's just hokey, hokey, hokey. Uh, hearing a man like Adam Driver deliver the line of Ray, you're a Palpatine. It's just like, ugh. So there are moments in that film that still get me, that still tug on my Star Wars heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's like it was too short, not enough exposition on some of the bigger stuff. And I just I was not a fan whatsoever of Ray having to be a royal bloodline force user. Hmm. Interesting. I liked Ray from nowhere. I like the fact that you don't have to be a Skywalker or a Palpatine to be a force god. Uh, Just get away from that stuff. Yeah, there were there was force pimps before the Skywalkers and Palpatines. You ever hear Yoda, people? You ever hear Yoda? <laughs> you know, he had some force powers too. And last time I checked, his last name isn't Palpatine Skywalker. So, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, each movie on their own, not bad. When you look at the trilogy now, it's a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. It's sad. It really is sad, dude. I mean, I I, I go into this rant too much on my own show, so I'm not going to eat up yours, but... I never thought when Disney got the franchise that I'd be sitting here all these years later going, well, they can't even figure out how to do a Star Wars trilogy either. I mean, my man George had issues with the prequels. They're a little wonky. They weren't that great. Disney took over. I was like, all right, they'll do something, and here we go. They decide to give a trilogy to three different creative artists. That makes no sense in terms of a a cohesive story, but whatever. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. We got Disney Plus, right? We got Clone Wars and The Mandalorian. Hot take on Mandalorian. Go for it. Probably some of the best uh, Star Wars content I've come across since 
the Clone Wars, but in a live action setting. I think it just showcases just how perfect uh, Dave Filoni is for this franchise. Yes. Uh, he should be the president of Lucasfilm. Amen. I'm not one of these woman haters, or, you know, whatever Kathleen, someone hired or someone can fire it, it. You know, it's, it's not all her fault, my friends, but to me, no one knows star Wars as, as well as George Lucas does outside of Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. So anything that. he's attached to it, it to me is it, it's magic. I mean, look, look what's going on in these final four episodes of the clone wars. I mean, it, it's insane. Uh, the, the the foresight he has, the ability to connect these animated series that started so many years ago to this new live action stuff. I, I just think the guy's brilliant. And, and you got to give credit to Favreau, too, because in the end, he's the one that, that kickstarted all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I cannot wait for season two. I am already on the edge of my seat and we haven't even gotten into the behind the scenes stuff coming out on May the 4th. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Uh this well, I don't know when you're going to air this, but yeah, May the Fourth, we're getting the finale of Clone Wars. Uh, I think the first episode of that that documentary, and and I'm someone that I I've I, I guess I I didn't realize this until late in life, but I want to be in the filmmaking industry, or I, it just looks like such a fun experience. I have friends that have made it. Uh, I've been to their sets. They've they've worked on big projects and. It just looks very alluring to me. So I love these these BTS things. I, I love to see how the, the stuff we love, these art forms that we love, I love to see how it is crafted. Just like we all love to see BTS shots of toy photography. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. I am a BTS guy. I love seeing all of those nitty gritty details and even the stuff that like just bores people out of their minds. It's like, oh, this, this is the metal they used on this uh, specific. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Tell well, me well, well, for you. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a you're you're a builder yourself. So I want to know. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> you get all sorts of ideas on on set builds, this, that and the other thing. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm I'm going to be dedicating I don't know how long that series is, if they're going to like drop every episode on, on May the 4th or what the deal is, but I'm going to be, that's what, that's my May the 4th. I, I would hope that because it is BTS that they just drop it, but knowing how they've been rolling out their other shows, it's probably going to be episodic. You think so? Mm. I do. That's, that's not, okay. So that's not too disappointing, but I feel like they, people hey, need man, to, they, they gotta, they gotta keep people on the hook somehow. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know as well as I do, most most Star Wars fans would would pay their five ninety nine, binge the content, and they're out in one day. And see you later. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been a loyal Disney Plus subscriber since day one. So, oh yeah, me too, me too. I, I they've gotten their money's worth from me. Um, I, well, I, I did that crazy D twenty three deal where I, I paid for three years up front and got a year for free. So I think my my monthly bill is two ninety nine or something like that. I missed that sweet deal, man. That that sounds awesome but uh yeah i think i think disney plus is going to be like the way of the future with star wars like i feel like that that is going to be the format that we're going to see star wars predominantly oh oh yeah i mean we've gotten nothing on the supposed movie projects that were supposed to go down 2022 24 26 it's like they've been wiped off the slate yeah uh and bob himself has been like yeah we're we're focused on the plus so uh, and that's fine, but uh, I mean, as a fan of cinema and a, as a fan of, of of Star Wars films, it, it does bum me out that that Disney's kind of clustered themselves so much with the movies that they're, they're even too scared to talk about future film projects at this point. It's it's crazy. 
it is crazy, but I understand why. Like it's very safe because when you have people that are already a loyal subscriber fan base and you have that, that money there, like it's not, it's a, I don't know if it's a win-win scenario, but it definitely, it's not like they're wasting money if they're trying. Oh to yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it. But I guess I'm someone that, that, that looks at their other license, Marvel, you know, it's a, it's a somewhat noticeable license and they've somehow managed to figure out how to release two to three Marvel movies a year, make them excellent, tie them all together and get people to spend a lot of money on them. And it just kind of dumbfounds me that they couldn't figure that out with Star Wars. It's, it's Feige, it's, dude. It's Feige. It's, it's, well, hey, supposedly Lucasfilm has them now. So, Kevin, let's go, brother. Let's, let's go, go, dude. Let's go. Get it done, dude. <laughs> Come on. I know. I feel like if Feige or Filoni could just somehow like. Yes. Get just oh man i feel like the future is bright for star wars because they want to get it right they so badly want to get it right and they want to make the fans happy and i feel like with mando it's a big step in the right direction so i think the future is bright for star wars always well always. Dude, hey we, we made it through the prequels and we're still here so yeah that can't true. be that bad can't be that bad <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how old you are i mean if you were Born in the 90s, you probably love the prequels, but if you're born in the 80s, you, you may be like me, where you're like, hey, you know, they exist, but a little bit of a misstep. I was born in 1990, and I was not a prequels fan. Like, I tried okay. I tried really hard to like it, and I was always, like, going to the, to the whenever the movie would release. I wanted to like them, but I just, I grew up on the original OG trilogy. At like, six years old, My first, one of my best memories as a kid was watching Empire Strikes Back, and, like, weeping in my toilet oh yeah my toilet my my, <laughs> bath, my bathtub after the fact that you know wondering what happened to han solo like after he got frozen in carbonite like i'm an og trilogy fan that's why i do the stuff that i do with my my dioramas so like um i think i think like with the prequels that was missed opportunity you know what i mean like it, it was yeah it, it could have been amazing it could have been 100 percent. Oh, i mean i am a diehard anakin skywalker slash vader fanboy i mean that is my guy uh, yeah. i was in high school when they announced the prequels and they announced what it was going to be about and you know I, I i dropped the load in my pants it's like you, the, you you're going to show me how he became vader Right. It's like, oh my God, the potential is insane. And then you get the first one. It's like, hey, that's kind of cool. Darth Maul, cool music, great fights. Then you get Attack of Clones, and you're still kind of like, oh, okay, um, <laughs> something's something's a little off here. But yeah, I guess they had to have the love story. But man, it's it's weird. The acting's weird. Yeah. Anakin's kind of whiny, and he only had that one great scene where he showed his his penchants for the dark side. And then you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. We still got Revenge of Sith. We're going to see it. We're going to see the, the the transition, the fall. And then that happens. And literally, he's like Mr. Jedi. He, he's all good and good. And then within the snap of a finger, the guy's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be a bad guy now. It just his turn in the movie is so unearned. It's it's sickening to me. And that's why Revenge of the Sith is my least favorite prequel. Really? That is so fascinating. I didn't. Okay. I, I, it's, they just, in my opinion, they shortchanged the character of Anakin Skywalker so hardcore that they lessen uh, the badassness, if you will, of Darth Vader. When I look at Darth Vader now, I don't see him the way I used to before I saw what he was like out of his armor because of the movies. Yeah. I think they tried to make him too human and, like, I don't know. Like, he was too. I, I, let, let's be real. The way Anakin Skywalker is portrayed in the Clone Wars. That is perfect. Yeah. 
that there are so many little threads, even in in this new season, where you could see how that guy could become Darth Vader. In my opinion, they just never set that up in the live action version. Yeah, missed opportunity for sure. Well, man, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna close it on out here, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been awesome. I love talking to Star Wars fans, and it it puts a warm, uh, fuzzy feeling in my heart to be able to to talk about stuff like this. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, th- this like I said, this has been awesome. It, it, this is I think the first time since I've gotten into this type of media stuff, either with the video games when I used to go to E three and interview developers this that and the other thing and then just with my own podcast being the main host and interviewing other people it's been super refreshing to kind of be a guest hopefully i didn't gab too much or or go on too long Uh, i just i I get excited about this stuff man i mean i mean star wars is like i say it's everything i'm a normal human i understand it's not real but it is it, it is one of the the biggest passions in my life and that's bled over into pretty much everything i do from toy photography to gaming to my hobbies, my jobbies, so on and so forth. So thanks for having me on. It, this this has been a blast. It, it's been great to be on the other side of the mic, if you will. And the, the pleasure is all mine. So let everybody know where they can connect with you and everything you're doing on social. Excellent. So if, if you're into the toy photography stuff, if you want to see shots that you could definitely do yourself, if you're just starting out, check out at Haywood Pop on Instagram. So Instagram.com slash Haywood Pop. If you like Star Wars, I would also ask you to check out StarWarsTime.net. That is our main website. From there, you can subscribe to the podcast on pretty much every podcasting platform under the sun. We've got it all. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeart, Need I Say More. And you can also sub to our YouTube channel, which I try to put out at least one video a week wrapping on some Star Wars speculation. And of course, if you are into toy photography or Star Wars art of any kind, make sure to follow at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Tag us in your shots. And please, 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 Black Series, Plastic Action, Nose Rain, you know who you are, or you don't. You'll know now. Everyone else, too, use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. It'll get you places. There you go. And you can find me at Dagobah underscore days. You can find Toy Photocast on Instagram and Patreon at Toy Photocast. You can find the feature pages I run, 112 Community and Star Wars Toy Picks as well on Instagram. And remember, we are storytellers. Get out there, tell your story, have some fun, shoot some toys, and be like Matt. Just do it for the love. Burn with (laughs) fire of Star Wars. (laughs) Priest and... uh, Thanks, guys, for listening. I'll see you at the next episode. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Toy Photocast with Matt Haywood of Haywood Pop and the Star Wars Time Show. I got to give a shout out to my Patreon hardcore listeners, Stephanie Bear, Jordan Dodrill, Scott Blind, Steve Mank, and Niels Van Reel. Thank you guys for supporting the Toy Photocast. And also thank you to the rest of the Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you guys. It really means a lot from the bottom of my heart. And I can't wait to get more content out to you very soon. Appreciate it. Have a great day and stay positive.